0: Did you hear that? The heavy wind? The spine-tingling piano music? The creepy laughter? I think we just stumbled into a horror-themed level. Uh Uh-oh. This week, we're talking spooky level music from non-horror games.
1: shit's about to go down
0: <laughs>
1: hello and welcome everybody to drinking geek OST. This is a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. This episode is featuring 18th Streets all together. We've been sitting on that one for a while too. Yeah. I am your player one, the Vampire Duke of Hungary, named Dustin.
0: Along with player two, Safina the Teenage Witch. The track you're listening to is Creepy Castle from Donkey Kong 64, composed by Grant kirk hope in 1999 definitely starts out with some nightmare on elm street vibes
1: yeah if you didn't tell me that this was from donkey kong no idea it's very good for a yeah. creepy song absolutely there's literally no like maybe the wind in the background and maybe the bump, bump <clears throat> that, that part, really yeah. tells you that it's donkey kong which is nice it's refreshing Bon, bon. all right let's uh review some beer shall we yep
0: i'm gonna let this play out okay
1: so in front of us we have the in an- any an beer finally mm-hmm. uh <laughs> last episode was out beer hmm. but we're doing it in one this is from 18th street uh just recently as of probably a few months now well, I'm I'm excluding COVID, because uh, they started in the winter time. Yeah, they it's, opened up a place in Indianapolis, but they're in, normally in Hammond or Whiting or whatever the Gar-
0: Hammond, Indiana. And I think they also in Gary.
1: Yeah. And so we picked it up from our Downtown. location. Yeah. It is 6.5% ABV, and guess what? We're playing our favorite game of Guess That, IBUs. If we remember. If we remember to do it. Uh, This is a worldwide collaboration brewed to support the hospitality professionals. So along the same vein as IIRF, but this one is global. It's not uh, just in Indiana. And it was hosted by The Other Half Brewing. So it's just this collaboration or
0: altogether all of them. Um, I was trying to figure out where, uh, other half is from, but, uh, they put the recipe together and then just released it online. And so any brewery, it's kind of like the black is beautiful deal where any brewery can use this recipe and this label and just, um, add their logo to the side. Cool. Um, other half brewing companies in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I was going to say Texas, but I think that's where the black is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that company is out of Texas. Uh, so the can, um, all of the cans start out the same with this all together plain white logo. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little edge off to the side where you can put your own company's logo. So we have the 18th Street Brewery design there. And they got some nice like black and silver mm-hmm. uh, background artwork, which is very cool. Very basic can, uh, as it should be. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you have your white on black, really circle in the middle. It's it's uh, it's calm. And then the 18th Street obviously looks like a tattoo.
0: Yeah. So like, that's Like the rock's shoulder.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what we're used to, a tribal.
0: All right, so for the beer.
1: So it's lighter than I was expecting, at least more see-through than I was expecting. Yeah, it's
0: definitely more clear, so it must just be a regular... Mm -hmm. regular old ipa
1: good old ipa
0: india pale ale
1: it's definitely in the the oranger side closer to like aquaman or no that's too dark probably like clyde's ghost or goku's gi
0: i mean you know what i would say on this type of episode clyde's ghost (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think that's fair. It yeah. might be a shade darker, but uh, we're just gonna go with it. Sounds good to me.
1: Oh, it smells so good! Very tropically flavored.
0: There's also some sweet notes to it.
1: Yeah, almost like a lactosey, but mm-hmm. it's still just just west coasty fruit flavored, tropically citrus. Maybe like papaya, kind of papaya. Like Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Mango, papaya, something like that. Tropical fruit for sure. Maybe a little pineapple. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, less pineapple, more of those first things you said.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to come up with like, <laughs> all the flavors that I'm smelling. I'm oh.
0: enjoying the scent. I'm going to try to taste it now. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's still good. Oh, sh- shit. It held up nicely. <laughs> Woo-wee.
1: Wowzers. This is
0: delicious. It's very smooth. And uh, you're getting that papaya flavor uh, yeah. for sure. Oh, my gosh. Not too bi- overly bitter.
1: Oh, my. It's like I'm drinking a bitter version of like the dull... Orange juice that you get combination-wise. You get tropical juice and, you know, your pineapples, mangoes, papayas, oranges. Oh, my gosh.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, this one doesn't say when it was canned.
1: I don't really see too many comments for me to, like, scroll down to see, particularly when it came out. Mm -hmm.
0: I want to say it was May, maybe.
1: Yeah. I'm seeing, yeah, it's just... I'm just now August, and I scrolled a couple times.
0: So but. there are 308 ratings, averaging 3.86. There's a total of 387 check-ins. Mm-hmm. So not too many.
1: I do not have any friends who check this in.
0: I got Mick Beer. And he and he checked it in on May 31st, so back in May is what I was guessing, and gave it a four and a half. No comment. I
1: do have a friend, but his name is Saf, so I'm not reading it. (laughs) Uh, Lina B., she's drinking this at home. This was uh, a couple days ago, as per this recording. Uh, She gave it a four. She said, it's slightly sweet, mild hop. I think it's a lot sweet, not mild. Yeah, it's
0: pretty sweet. I like it.
1: Ted, on October 5th, gave it a five.
0: No comments. Uh, Tony... So we're not the only ones checking in 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 October. Right.
1: Tony said, nice and crisp. Gave it a four. I don't know why I said it like that, because (laughs) I saw the name
0: Tony. Uh, This one doesn't have a score, but Cecile said, juicy IPA, citrus aroma without bitterness or piney flavor. I really enjoy it, but I'm not going to rate it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Peter P. says, drinking with the traveling medicine man. Not sure what that means, but he gave it a 425. Every comment we've looked at or judged said it was like in the fours. so I don't know how it's low. Uh,
0: Donkey Kong said, well, DK says that's just, that, tasty, but just okay, and gave it a three. Wowzers.
1: So, I think it's better than just okay. Yeah, I
0: think, uh, I don't know if it improved with age, but I give it a pretty good score initially, and I'm not going to knock it down at all. It's still very good.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I agree that it's a session.
0: Yeah, with 6.5%, and it's kind of up there in the uh, uh, ABV zizzes. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to, I'm not going to make it like a correction. Definitely better than a session. Mm -hmm.
0: PB, getting tastier as time goes by. Yum. Right. Four out of five.
1: All right, I checked it in.
0: Me too. I'll go first since mine was older. Back at the end of May, I said smooth, delicious, and for a good cause, and I gave it a four and a half, so I'm going to stick with that score, and I'm going to stick with those thoughts. It's still smooth, it's still delicious, and I like all those fruit, uh, tropical mm-hmm. fruit notes. Um, I don't have too much bad to say about it. I'm not sure what keeps it from being a five.
1: Yeah. I know what would make it a five. This is a four and a half for me as well. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the fruit flavors, the tropical flavors. It's not overly bitter. That's probably what they mean by session, but still 6.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's delicious. Making this a milkshake yes, would make it a 5.
0: I think so. I mean, it's almost there. It, it has really kind of an almost yeah. lactose uh, after flavor.
1: Yeah. And maybe throwing it on nitro.
0: Mm, anything's better in nitro.
1: <laughs> it really is. But this is damn good it's really hard to beat this but because we can think of a couple ways that could make it mm-hmm. better i can't give it a five very close very oh absolutely
0: uh what are we thinking ibu's wise oh it's it's got some but yeah, I, it's I would not say too high late 30s yeah. early
1: 40s i, I was at
0: like 42 at the highest
1: yeah probably i'm good with that
0: 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. From Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy.
1: It's a good movie. Martin Freeman's really good in it. Mm-hmm. This is normally the part in the episode where we get to listen to music and drink our beer as we finish it up, but I'm already out. Oh,
0: dang, you drank that fast.
1: That was really good. You have another one. I do. <laughs> I right. do, but
0: I got to drive to Greensboro. <laughs> no, that's, that's a little bit of a hike. All right, next up, same composer as what we talked about before. But this is Banjo Kazooie. What Grant? Uh, Kirkuk? Mm-hmm. Obviously, both rare publisher games, yeah, Donkey Kong 64 and Banjo. So same composer, and uh, this is called Mad Monster Mansion.
1: I can see the similarities between yeah. the two. I ne- I'd never played Banjo Kazooie. Is should I? I wouldn't Okay.
0: Uh, it's has its moments. I I don't think it holds up compared to what we're playing now. It's more of like a collectathon, so you like just running around a 3D environment collecting like puzzle pieces and mm-hmm. other so stuff. it's like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I mean it's almost like Donkey Kong sixty four. They they play very similar. Yeah.
1: Anyways, a little bit about the composer Grant Kirkhope is a British—that's new—British mm-hmm. video game composer who is best known for his work at Rare, working on games such as Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, GoldenEye, What's Whoop. Up, and Perfect Dark. I mean, those are the same game. Same game. Among many other ones, Kirkhope has been nominated for various BAFTA, ASCAP, and IFMCA awards. For his contributions to video game
0: music. And I can see why. This is nice. Yeah. I wonder if Rare is uh, located in England, maybe? I think a lot of the Rare composers are British.
1: Yes. Rare Limited, as known as Rareware is a British video game developer and studio of Xbox Games. Makes sense. Based in Twi- Ticross <laughs> uh Share in UK. I just remember them because they were bought by Xbox.
0: Yeah. Alright, that was a great song. Mm-hmm, That's really... Even though Spooky is scary, really, soothing. If you nice. want to hear an updated version, this is from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Because Banjo Kazooie is a playable character. Of course
1: he is.
0: (laughs) Same song, but updated to fit the theme of Smash Brothers, which is like epic uh, orchestration. and I think Michiko Naruka is the composer on this one for the Smash Brothers. It's nice. It's
1: very it, it sounds exactly the same. Not exactly, but it's it's, it's better. The,
0: yeah, it's just actual instruments compared to like synthesized instruments. Yeah. All right, let's go on to Spyro: Year of the Dragon.
1: This is a good game.
0: Not a super horror-themed song, but this is from Spooky Swamp. It fits the name.
1: Oh, and I know, I know who this is. <laughs> so the music is. Of- uh, for a year of the dragon was composed and produced by stewart copeland drum roll please <laughs> boom, 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 boom. because he's a drummer Yeah, he's a drummer of the rock band who people get confused with sting more so <laughs> than anything else but it's the police mm-hmm. uh, people just remember that sting, sting is the lead singer and they don't remember stewart copeland even though stewart copeland is a top five <laughs> let me hear it top five greatest <laughs> drummers to ever play Uh, He had contributions from Ryan Beaveridge. In in an interview, Copeland stated that his creative process for writing music for the Spyro series always began with playing through the levels, trying to get a feel for each world's atmosphere. Copeland noted the challenge of writing uh, for games was to create music that would be both interesting to listen to and complement the gameplay. His approach was to incorporate more... Uh, complicated harmonies and bass lines so the music would seem fresh for players even after repeat listening. He recorded recorded entire orchestral scores for extra flourishes when the visuals called for an expansive sound but used more percussive and beat-driven melodies for high-energy moments in the game, which is this right here. the bass line and drum.
0: There's a lot of woo and yeah! yeah, weirdly thrown in this song.
1: Yeah, This has, like, that feel for, like, uh, a instrumental or solo album that a member of a band puts together <laughs> after their main band thing. Uh, sometimes if your your main band did a thing and then your band later did a remake of another thing, it sounds like this, too. Like Rush being in the 70s mm-hmm. making an 80s album and this being Stuart Copeland in The Police being in the 70s, 80s making something
0: in, what was it, 2000? Yeah sounds very like early 90s <laughs> all right let's go on i don't have much to say about this song but i thought we should talk about it it's uh the Mar- from mario party 2 and it's horror land
1: yeah, it's allison's favorite game series is mario party really yeah she'll play the two-player mode with me <laughs> does not care for a huge ensemble but
0: it's a good party game, but I, playing it by yourself is not so fun.
1: No. So when they introduced the Mario Party-style gameplay in Smash Bros. Yes. She fucking loved that, too. <laughs> so this was directed by Hironamo Yamamoto, uh, Shohi Bando kazuku uh sawaguchi so those are the three new names yeah because uh, in 2000 in the 64 era was not them it was um uh koji of course did that but more of like yaka uh, Su- uh suji yoko mm-hmm. and uh toshiri senda and yeah, and Hoshido Hirano, like things like that. Those are people that were involved in the Mario of saying So it's good to hear new people.
0: I wonder if a different publisher was working on this game, as happens, like Rare made Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, let's go on to Pokemon Red and Blue.
1: My favorite. Because
0: that song is ending.
1: Yeah, their publisher was Nintendo.
0: I don't want to play this too long. It's a Game Boy game, so it's very simplified. It's called, from Lavender Town.
1: I do like Lavender Town. It's where the ghosts are. Yeah. So yeah,
0: that's why it's kind of like a got a spooky ooky feeling mm-hmm. with that high pitched boop boop beep boop.
1: So the music was composed by Junichi. Masuda had his home on a Commodore Amagi, uh, Amiga Amiga computer, which only features uh, PCM sample playbacks, and it was converted to the Game Boy with a program he had written.
0: That's nice. Oh, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, my kind of guy. <laughs> it's not the most remember like memorable song from pokemon but that song shift from where you are yeah. to this is really uh, a mood changer mm-hmm. it definitely
0: puts you in the mind of oh this is something creepy here
1: yeah and you really only ever fight ghosts and uh cubone's mom Marowak, or whatever your name. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Come on, bar, bar.
0: damn near 20 years since i played this game
1: oh i i occasionally bust it out and play it on the on my emulator i can play it on the tv oh, one,
0: <laughs> well i can do that i have a super game boy i plug it into <laughs> the super nintendo all right let's go on uh i think this is probably another koji kondo joint
1: yes if you're referring to ocarina yep nice.
0: from the shadow temple song Shuttle Temple is the uh, creepiest moment of the game because I think it's located underneath the graveyard.
1: As I told Keith, this was my least played uh, Zelda game. Zelda game. I didn't. I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't have a. I didn't have any of the 64 versions of the game.
0: And it's probably the best Zelda game.
1: Yeah, from what I heard, that or Majora's Mask. Like, it's one and two, if anything.
0: I I like Link to the Past, the Super Nintendo game, but for 3D Zeldas, um, this is one of the best. And this is definitely a creepy song. We've got the like, hands coming down and grabbing you and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, things that if you're immersed. In- <laughs> into it and you don't know it's coming would get you type of thing but well, graphically it's not really going to get you
0: right the graphics don't hold up it's fucking blocks Mm-hmm. ocarina of times music written by koji kondo the composer in charge of music for most of the games in the legend of zelda series and as we've learned the mario series in addition to the characters having musical themes areas of hyrule are also associated with pieces of music This has been called Leitmotif in uh, Reverse. Instead of music announcing an entering character, it now introduces a stationary environment as the player approaches. In some locations, the music is a variation of an ocarina tune uh, the player learns related to the area. Mm -hmm.
1: That was always an interesting aspect of that game that I've heard that... You, know, you kind of absorb your experiences and you play them
0: yeah cuz it's kind of like a one of the first open-world type games where I mean it's linear but you can kind of traverse this whole big scene and as you enter a new area the music changes and the it like announces the new area on the screen mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of puts you in the mind of that area by changing the music Next we have from Arkham Asylum, this is the Scarecrow's theme. to be expected with the character to scarecrow he's out to scare you right. um and these are some of my favorite levels in the arkham games because they're kind of almost they take you out of the game they put you in a new environment It's kind of like puzzly you gotta like hide from the scarecrow and right. stuff and you experience different things that uh are just kind of trippy
1: It's, it kind of builds you up as to, like, not know what's coming. Mm-hmm. And because your first blind playthrough, it doesn't quite tell you what you're expecting. Yeah. It doesn't tell you, be on the lookout for Scarecrow. <laughs> you hear this music and you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Who is this? In your mind, you're thinking Scarecrow, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know until you get there, and then you're kind of halfway anticipating, you know, getting, you know,
0: spooked. And you're, you kind of just keep walking, and the env- environment transitions into a whole new spooky environment mm-hmm. in, uh, as the music transitions. And this is composed by Nick Arundel and Ron Fish. I do not have any details on them, so we can move on, just enjoy that. This is from Kingdom Hearts, it's the Halloween Town theme. Sounds familiar, right?
1: oh yeah we just heard this one
0: it's a nice transition from the Tim Burton discussion Halloween
1: yeah so this one was done by Yoko Shimomura this is Halloween baby we just (laughs) heard this one perfect Uh, so Yoko I'm assuming he's a female uh, composed and produced the music of Kingdom Hearts while there are arranged melodies derived from previous Disney films, most of the soundtracks consist of original themes written specifically for the game by Shimomura. This one was written by Danny Elfman. Right. She probably poured it over. The Kingdom Hearts soundtrack was released in a two-CD set on March 27, 2002 in Japan and a year later in the United States. I kind of want to get this soundtrack.
0: Yeah, I bet it's interesting. Combining like her style and then... Get some classic Disney tunes.
1: I kind of want to just get the game. I have never played.
0: I really liked the first game, but I don't know if that I played. I like watched someone play yeah. at their house when I was like younger. Mm-hmm.
1: I know I've seen some streamers play Kingdom Hearts 3, and mm-hmm. I know some people like cosplay the main guy in his key yeah. sword or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, but Halloween Town, for sure, this is spot cool. on, right? Cool. Yeah. And it's probably, it probably looks like Halloween Town. Yeah,
0: it was cool because you would visit different. Uh, you go to like Hades or whatever from Hercules, and you go to whatever Lion King land, and like you got Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck following you around. It's a very interesting combination of things. All right, let's go on to Sonic Heroes Mystic Mansion.
1: Very reminiscent of our Sonic episode we did. <laughs>
0: church bells definitely church is creepy mm-hmm kind of like techno very j-pop hmm but with the spooky elements, uh, Jun Senuo, something like that, is a Japanese video game composer and musician who works for Sega, known for various contributions to the Sonic the Hedgehog series. He's also the songwriter re- and lead guitarist for the band Crush 40, which has also contributed uh, wow. to the Sonic games, which we talked about Crush 40 in the Sonic music episode. Yeah, and we, we didn't like, know. <laughs> we had no idea interesting so it makes sense well why crush 40 kept popping yeah, up it, on that yeah. list
1: we're like wow crush 40 really digs <laughs> i
0: didn't realize it the composer of sega is in the band it's kind of like a a dancey uh, horror mm-hmm. or something I imagine Crush Forty does a lot of like dance hits in yeah. Japan. Probably. Uh, let's go on to Portal Two, Glados Awakening, a game I have not played but I would like to. Yeah,
1: it's Glados. Glados. Yeah, like the D O S.
0: Yeah, like the operating system. Yeah.
1: I think Portal is one of uh, Valve's most known game. Mm-hmm. That in Dota. But, like you, you looked at me like you didn't know what I was talking about when I said Dota. So I get it.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I was no, I was trying to think. They did like the orange box that had Portal, mm-hmm. uh, that shooting game, and like Half Life or something in it. Yeah. And I was trying to think of what the shooting game was.
1: So, anyway, speaking of Valve, uh, Portal 2 contains both scored and procedurally generated music created by Valve's composer Mike Morosky. The full soundtrack, Songs to Test By, containing most of the songs in the game, was released as a three free downloads between May and September 2011, and later in 2012 in October as a retail collector's edition, including the soundtrack from Portal.
0: Team Fortress 2 was the game. Ah, uh, TF2, ten-
1: yeah. That's crazy. You can get TF2 for free now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't. Since I didn't play this game, I don't know how spooky that gets, but we have moved on to Scary House from Pokemon X and Y. I have not touched a Pokemon game since, yellow or red or blue, one of those. So mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say about the Pokemon series, but uh, I think this song fits the theme. Mm-hmm. Unless you count Pokemon Go.
1: <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> I've also touched that. The game score was composed by Shota. Hagiyama uh, Minoka, Yadachi, Hitomi, Sato, Junichi, Masawada, Go-Inchi-Nose, <laughs> it nose and Morikazu kazu aokai uh, So this seems like it's a on a repeat type of loop thing.
0: Well, I had to, I had to start it over because it's only 50 seconds long. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Interesting. All right, the first... Uh, This was first used uh, usage of the Nintendo 3DS's sound capabilities for the Pokemon series, and Masuata expressed delight over improved sound qualities and expression. Similar to the theme X and Y themselves, the soundtrack of the games were designed to emphasize beauty. Uh, Kageyama sought inspiration from the music of France as well. However, he indicated hesitation in making music sound too French.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) We are moving on to Man Origins. This is Land of the Livid Dead. Which is um, kind of Western vibes. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't get Angry Dead, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When I I hear this. I was trying to think of... Is it Red Dead, where there's like a zombie mode? I don't know. (laughs) This sounds like the Raving Rabbids.
1: Yeah. I know of Rayman. I haven't played it, but this definitely doesn't give off spooky vibes.
0: Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare is like a expansion pack which, because that's kind of got a western vibe in Zombies. I wonder if that's kind of what they're playing on. I'm not sure. This would not be on my spooky level mix but it is composed by Christoph Harrell and Billy Martin. Let's go to Pikmin 2. Submerged Castle. This game has weird music. Mm hmm. It, it sounds like it's uh, stuttering or buffering or something. Right.
1: Pikmin is weird, period. Mm-hmm.
0: I do like that kind of background. Ooh, that's yeah, that's this definitely.
1: Yeah, this is absolutely. Very reminiscent of, like, the underwater-themed spooky mm-hmm. Mario style. I get it.
0: Before we move on, it is composed for by Hajime Wakai in 2004 for the GameCube. Next up, we got Super Paper Mario World of Nothing.
1: Same composers as the original Super Paper Mario, Naoko, Mitomi, Chika, Seki, Gawa, and Yashisha, Yashisa Baba.
0: If you had trouble with them last time on the Bowser episode, and you're having trouble again. <laughs>
1: yeah, I will forever have problems. That was a little something there. Kind of like a Bowsery type yeah. of Yeah. <laughs>
0: definitely has the creepy vibes Mm-hmm.
1: because you're like trying to do stuff and you're like what was that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard something
1: was that game noise or was that music what was mm-hmm. it
0: I should investigate Let's go on. Donkey Kong Country 2. Great song. Mm-hmm. And I just realized this yesterday. It's called Diddy's Kong Quest, not Diddy Kong's Quest.
1: <laughs> you know what? I believe that when we did our Donkey Kong episode, the entire thing, I believe we called it Diddy Kong's Quest. I've
0: always thought it was that. And then I just saw a post on because it was released on the Switch yep. virtual console and like Nintendo did something like a joke it and it was like it's called Diddy's Conquest not Diddy Kong's Quest <laughs> crazy cuz it's Diddy's like a play on conquest but it's conquest
1: also it's directed by David Wise Englishman uh, video game music composer and musician. He was a composer at Rare from 85 to 2009 and was the company's sole musician up until 1994. He has gained a cult following for his work on various games, particularly Nintendo's Donkey Kong Country series. Wise is known for the atmospheric style of music, mixing natural environmental sounds with prominent melodic and percussive accompaniment. In January 1996, issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly, Wai stated that the, his traveling experiences largely shaped the sound and mood of each Donkey Kong soundtrack, further saying that the music of Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, was composed during what he calls his experimental Paris phase. I'm
0: not getting a Paris vibe from it, but...
1: I'm getting a very Genesis, Paul Simon feel for this. <laughs> yes. I'm going to watch a guy drown going sing about it it's
0: uh oh, Tarzan didn't he yeah. do did music for Tarzan the Disney movie
1: that, that probably has everything to do with <laughs> it right
0: I really like this part mm-hmm.
1: yeah because we've had this theme on when we did our Donkey Kong episode mm-hmm. so we had this it wasn't particularly this track but we had this little 8 bitty sound yeah. yeah it sounds very familiar it could be a reoccurring thing within Diddy's.
0: Compost. I'm sure they recycle kind of moods and tones.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, let's go on to a weird one. SpongeBob SquarePants, Super Sponge. What? The graveyard. This sounds like an elevator music. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
1: I was also today's years old when I found out there was a video game for Spongebob.
0: There's a bunch of Spongebob video games. Milk a
1: dead cow, I guess.
0: (laughs) It's not dead, it's still on. It's just still running. (laughs) I I know.
1: (laughs) Matthew Simmons, also known as 4Matt, or 4-Matt, is a British electronic musician, sound designer, and video game composer, best known for his chiptunes written and tracker software. He began his career in the demo scene of the early 1990s, composing on the Amiga. I guess kind of synthy, right?
0: Yeah, this is kind of where it gets kind of more. kind of horrory. Mm hmm. It's like the. Kinda of Transylvania organ music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was just trying to go out of box with right, we talk yeah. about Donkey Kong and Mario and Sonic, all those a lot. Okay, let's move on to earthbound music. You mean mother
1: music? I don't know <laughs> a while.
0: Yep. Threed, Zombie Central, I think that's what it's called. Definitely got the creepy vibes. Yeah, it does. I was just reading, the person that posted this on YouTube said, This extended version isn't bad, but not good either. You can listen to this, but you may not like it.
1: (laughs) It's kind of reminiscent for the entire uh, premise of the video game, too, because it's like an alien ship crashed on this planet (laughs) type of thing, so all of it's going to be spooky.
0: Mm -hmm. Mother Composer's Kiichi... Suzuki and Hirokuza Tanaka returned to make the Earthbound soundtrack, along with newcomers Hiroshi Kanazu and Tashaku Yuki Uno. In comparison with Mother, Itoi said that Earthbound had more jazzy pieces. Not in this one. <laughs> well, I went with the spooky zombie one. <laughs>
1: It's it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't get like the creeped out vibes, which is good. You know, when everything like zombie and then creeped out vibes.
0: It's got that kind of like off balance type tones that you get from a lot of these mm-hmm. that kind of keep you on edge. But yeah, um, let's go on. This one is I don't know how long I'll be able to play it. <laughs> it's a ghost's pumpkin soup uh pumpkin hill from sonic adventure 2
1: on the coveted dreamcast
0: wouldn't get pumpkin vibes from this no it's like that the pumpkin beer <laughs> it's not pumpkin forward
1: as with sonic adventure junes to now served as a sound director and lead composer additional music was contributed by fumi kumatani tomoya antani and kinshi Toi, tokyo or tokyo tokyoi <laughs> The soundtrack is primarily melodic rock with some hip-hop and orchestral tracks. The team wanted Sonic Adventures 2 audio to stand out, which it's doing in a bad <laughs> way, rather than <laughs> rather than merely serving as background music. Sonoy felt uh, that some of the Sonic Adventures tracks were not as memorable as others. He and the Wave master musician made an impact with them to write songs that promote the game's speed and situation while keeping the best tempo
0: on the stage. I don't know this is garbage this is like the
1: Dreamcast <laughs> period
0: uh, it's bad 2000s rap music <laughs> let's move on to Haunted Woods from Diddy's Kong Racing <laughs> I
1: don't think that's right oh you're
0: probably <laughs> right It's definitely got the Mm fast-paced racing theme, but also kind of the spooky elements. This was composed
1: by Dave Wise still.
0: Yep. Wise has said that he has had a wide range of musical influence through the first instrument he learned to play was the piano before later learning the trumpet and then learning to play drums during adolescence. He played a, in a few bands during his youth and still active in bands as of 2004. His career at Rare began when he happened to meet with its founders and explained in response to a question posted on a com- company website. I was working in a music shop demonstrating a Yamaha CX5 music computer to a couple people, Tim and Chris Stamper. I'd written and programmed the music. For the demonstration material, they offered me a job. Oh, nice!
1: <laughs> it's enjoyable. It's definitely like race music. Yeah,
0: racing through all the haunted woods. For our final track, we've got Final Fantasy VII. Whoa! Who are you? this track i put on here specifically for you because yeah i knew your final fantasy had in um, episode 102 of drink and geek out we did a final fantasy music episode i don't know if this actually appeared on there i don't think it did it did not i don't think we got up that far no well, we, we just
1: basically did the first six games i don't think we got to seven we did not get to seven but we also just stuck to like
0: recurring themes and stuff yeah
1: but basically this is where he's trying to find himself um and he find like kind of finds out a little bit about who he is as like a clone uh, It's essentially between Sephiroth and Genova and figuring out who like who this character cloud is what what he used to be and this cutscene kind of explains how jenova's making these clones or brainwashing these soldiers to fight their wars and whatever
0: yeah i don't know if it had any horror vibes to the scene but the music definitely brought that to mind yeah almost like a michael myers
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely uh the musical score of final fantasy 7 yeah 7 was composed and arranged and produced by nouveau uh, Umatsu, I say that every time I mess it up, uh, who had served as a sole composer for the previous six Final Fantasy games. Originally, Umatsu had planned to use CD-quality music with vocal performances to take advantage of the console's audio capabilities, but found that it resulted in the game having too much uh longer load times for each area. Umatsu then decided that the higher-quality audio was not worth the trade-off with performance, and opted instead to use a MIDI-like sound produced by the console's internal sound sculpture. Yumatsu's approach to composing the game's music was to treat it like a film soundtrack and compose music that reflected the mood of the scene rather than trying to make strong melodies to define the game, as he said that approach would be too strong when placed alongside the game's new 3D visuals.
0: That's it. We did oh, it. Shit. We, we listened to all of the music there is. All of it.
1: <laughs> Every single one. That's really nice. Uh But yeah, we pretty much mentioned that we've done some of these before. We included some of the tracks. But you know how you can figure that out and listen to some of the stuff? You can find us at our website, at Uh We have blogs. We have our geek SRMs. We have our IBUs, our geek IBUs listed on there. Plus, we have all of our... Uh, like podcast links, you can get to our podcast yeah. on Drinking Geek Out, uh, and Drinking Geek OST. We also have social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter at Drinking Geek Out and go check that out. Uh, while you're doing all this stuff, make sure you like, review, subscribe, uh, retweet. I don't know. I don't care. Anything that has to do with our podcasts or blogs that we post, uh, would be awesome for the support. Speaking of support, you can get our stuff on Threadless. Uh, drinkinggeekout.threadless.com to get our t-shirts we have many different styles of t-shirts up there uh, for the many years that we've been doing this thing and so anything that you would like could be up there Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon patreon.com drinkinggeekout, you can support us by giving just a dollar and you can get your name announced and a topic of your choice Uh, plus there's other shit you can get on there (laughs) a bunch of stuff, I don't remember the tiers, but there's stuff so yeah, those are our socials. Sped red, like a champion.
0: Great job. Thank you. I try to give you some background music.
1: Yeah, I quickly ran through it, <laughs> so I didn't quite get there. But uh, it was a good episode. It was good. It was a very a lot of those games were reminiscent of playing those games. Yeah, it was some of them I didn't play, but
0: I'd say half of them I didn't play, but I still enjoyed yeah. the the music. And this would be a definite maybe i'd remove like two or three of the songs but i'd yeah. put this on in the background of a halloween party or something and yeah. just have some creepy video game music in the background yeah because you know who wants to yeah do 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 halloween or whatever monster mash on yeah, oh monster mash
1: yeah i'm good with music i a lot of the times like for a lot of our intros we like to use video game mm-hmm. intros and all that stuff so it, it's right up in the alley. I just like it a lot it was,
0: it was fun mm-hmm. I think my favorite would probably be the first two we played the Donkey Kong one or the Banjo-Kazooie one yeah. I like they're fun and also got all of the spooky elements in them is there anything that sticks out in your mind?
1: Um, I did enjoy obviously the, the Final Fantasy one because uh, it just pinpointed exactly where I was in there um but i think that i think anything that david wise did yeah so diddy's kong's quest or the diddy kong racing those two those tracks were, good were really good
0: i think rare was the standout in this yeah it seems like for sure
1: because we don't do a whole lot of rare so it was a treat to be able to get it
0: it's rare that we talk about rare <laughs>
1: boom i like it
0: and that will be the end
1: That will be the end. All right. Thank you guys for listening.
0: (laughs) Until next time, maybe we'll get a sign out properly. Goodbye.